rich black woman. To the Rich Black Woman Podcast, where we empower you to be rich in mind, body, and bank. And I am super excited about our next guest, RBWs, because we're going to be talking about the one thing in life that you don't have enough of right now. And the one thing in life that we know for sure is finite, at least on this side of heaven. I am joined today by my friend and expert, Marissa Lee of So Evolved. And we're going to get evolved today in our sense of time and creating what she calls time wealth. Marissa Lee is a leadership development expert, time wealth strategist, and career activist. She disrupts and transforms workplaces through leadership development. She is the founder of So Evolve, an HR consulting firm. And over the past 13 years, Marissa has combined her passion for people and processes to provide strategic HR business solutions for Fortune 500 companies across a wide variety of industries. She specializes in helping create time-wealthy and life-healthy leaders, improve their employee experiences and engagement, and understand the future of their work. And what I love and why I brought her on the podcast today is because she also addresses the unique needs of us, beautiful Black women, to develop and retain us as leaders. So welcome to the Rich Black Woman Podcast, Marissa. Thank you. I'm over here. I'm like, you better say that intro. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited to be here with you today. Awesome. Well, we're excited to have you and your expertise, especially as we're kicking off 2023 and so many people, Mm -hmm. you know, as their um, New Year's resolution, you know, one of the things especially coming out of the pandemic and now re-emerging to some sense of normalcy is people want to reclaim that time, right? That they lost during the pandemic, but also what the pandemic did for so many of us is it spotlighted really what the essence of life is all about and Mm -hmm. wanting to savor those moments with our loved ones and really spend time on the things that give us life. So without further ado, Marissa, please share with us, you know, what's your passion around what you call as time wealth and how did you come about on this philosophy? Yeah, so um, time wealth started with my own journey. So (laughs) I always share this with people like before you could teach it, you got it. Most of the time you have to live it and feel it. And so I was in a space in my life where I didn't have time. I was always saying, I don't have time to do this. I felt burned out. I wasn't enjoying work. I wasn't enjoying the life that I had. And I, and I'm really successful. And so it wasn't like I wasn't accomplishing things. I was accomplishing a lot, but at what cost? And when I started reflecting on the cost, I, I saw it was connecting to being able to really enjoyed what mattered in life. And I recall talking to 
a mentor and she said to me, God wants to bless you so much, but you don't have any room to be able to receive this. And so that sat with me and I was like, okay, operation create room. Cause I'm very much <laughs> the type like, I need to figure this out. And I spent time being still waiting for the Lord to download into me, like what he was calling me to do in that moment and how I can look to create that time. And um, so, you know, that was the appropriate place to start for me, the creator of time to really understand that and then how to be able to leverage that as I went forward. So then in that process, Time Wealth was birthed and um, it speaks to not not just time, but the legacy and an abundance of creating that discretionary time to ensure and influence holistic freedom security, fortune, independence, and really being able to live and lead the life you desire. And so that's how I ended up creating Time Wealth. It was out of a personal experience. And then my own experience, I haven't worked with so many leaders I saw the connection points of how people were just existing in the workplace as opposed to um, having the opportunity to flourish even more so. And so thus came Time Wealth. Awesome. Well, I love that it obviously that passion, we hear it because you did have that experience and it's fueling this um, transformation about Time Wealth. And I think it's very timely, pun intended, because <laughs> if you look across any headlines daily right now, it's, you know, experiencing burnout and how, yeah. you know, teachers are leaving their professions, nurses are leaving their professions, doctors are leaving their professions because of burnout. Women are leaving, you know, the corporate workplace. Black women are leaving corporate America um, because they're fed up. No, but really, you know. <laughs> Um, and so how do you, um, you know, and I've seen you work and I'm, you know, amazed from a distance. Like, I'm like, how is she getting all that done? And you're always in a good disposition. So tell us, like, how do we reclaim our time in the words of our illustrious queen, Maxine Waters? Um, what does that look like? Yes. So, before I get into like some tips, I want to start with the definitions and definitions are so important uh, to me because it gives me the insight and clarity around that. And this is, speaks to a little bit around how I've continued to evolve in my time wealth journey where reclaim is a part of it, but I speak more to redeeming time. And um, the reason why is when you look at the definition of reclaim, it speaks to retrieving or recovering what was lost. And in this case, being time being returned back to you. But if you look at the definition of redeeming, there are three key definitions that go along with it. The first one is atoning or doing something to compensate for poor past behavior, right? Or performance. The second one, which most people will resonate with uh, aligning with reclaiming is to gain or regain possession of something that was lost. And then the third one is to fulfill or carry out a pledge or a promise. And so when I think about 
the the aspect of time walls and redeeming time it's not you're only getting back that time it's making sure you atone or shift from previous behaviors that you had prior to that made you lose that time whether it was like how you interacted with someone or how you just looked at your own time and didn't value it and then it also puts you in the position to commit to carrying out those actions in a different way and leveraging your time differently. So I speak to more so redeeming time because it holistically talks to how you can reclaim, but then also the behaviors you need to put into place to make sure you're not repeating the same cycle again as you go forward. Oh, that's good. I love that because we do end up getting into like a time suck habit and you go to like the same distractions whether it's social media or netflixing whatever that is and then you look up and you're like oh my goodness where did that time go and so I love that idea that you're not reclaiming you're redeeming and through that redemption you're also setting up new habits to I guess what would you say create that wealth and time now so exactly Because the thing about it is there is a time and place for everything, a time and a season for everything, which is the the biblical line of how this actually started, that scripture. Um, But to continue with that, that you, you know, you mentioned Netflix and social media, like there's a time and place for that. It doesn't mean you get rid of all of that. And I think sometimes when people look at time management and things, it's like, oh, I got to stay offline. I got to stop doing this. It's you have to be more temperance in how you use it because everything there's value in it. It could be I'm in a creative block and I'm going to go watch a show so I can give my brain time to rest. And then once I'm done watching that, then I can get back to doing what I need to do. There was value in that time that I was spending just relaxing so then I can go do something else. So it's just finding the appropriate space to be able to leverage your time appropriately. Yeah, that's really good um, because it does prevent us from taking those extremes. I can look at mm-hmm. some of the things I've done myself and like, and it also takes away the guilt, right? Yeah. Kind of binging, but I love the fact that we do need time to restore as well. And I think this is a particularly a good topic for Black women who, you know, talk about a, a group that has been burnt out uh, and that continuously gets burnt out. That's why I think this is such a critical topic at the top of the year. So I am curious, you know, how do I get some of this time wealth? Like, what what do I need to do to create more space in my life to get rich in this area? Yes. So I'm going to share five things with you and in the audience today. And the and it's more so setting you up to have sustainable um sustainable approach to this and of course creating that time wealth as you go forward. So the first thing would be you have to understand everything that goes into how you spend your time. So a lot of people when they look at time wealth, um, they think, oh, it's time management. It actually isn't. There are eight different components that you have to look at, whether it's priority, capacity, energy, 
um, values, boundaries, whole life harmony, all these different things that are taken into account to really get an overview about what does time mean to you and how are you leveraging your time in these different ways? And, um, or how is that being used to influence what you're working on and what you're doing? So with that step, because I'm going to, I want to give you an action to go along with that. That's where you need to look at setting your priorities to make you, uh, make sure you are working and making progress on the right things. Because if you aren't clear on how you're spending, um, a clear on what is involved with the time, you won't be able to do step two, which is understand how you're spending the time. So you have to make sure what are the things, uh, what are all the things that go into how you spend your time? And then the second thing is, how are you spending that time? And that piece, is, it's really important to see how do you spend your days? How do you spend your weeks? How do you spend you know, the, the month, like really getting granular and then going macro to get some insight on what does that look like for you? And uh, what does it look like for the people in your ecosystem? And how does that play on how you engage with them and how you leverage your time? So as you're looking into spending that time, that gives you some insight on if, um, it's the right cadence. And if people are pouring into you or taking away from you, so you're really getting a full understanding of what that time means to you. And an action you can do with that is a time and energy audit. So that's the second one. I want to pause there and see if you have any comments about that before I go into, you know, the other, the other points. No, it's funny. As you were describing that, that's actually what I said to myself in my head was a time audit. So mm -hmm. as soon as he said, I was like, oh, time and energy audit. I love that energy part. Right. Because, and as I mentioned in step one, there's a lot that goes into how you use your time. It's usually not just about time. It's about I'm using my time because I need to do X, Y, Z. And it's going to require this part of me or my energy to be able to achieve that. So there's more to it than just time, which you have to consider And understanding your energy. And when you're more optimal, puts you in a better position to make the most of your time. I'm sure we all can, um, can speak to a time where you, you're super tired and then you have to sit and work on something and you're not as productive because you're exhausted. But if you were, you know, I don't drink coffee, but if you drunk coffee or, or you had a great night uh, of sleep, then you're ready to get at it because you're at that optimal level. So that's just something to take into consideration as you're thinking about how you spend your time. Excellent. Let's do it. What's the next All one? right. So now we, we're going into number three. So number one is you, you have to understand what goes into time. Two, you now know how you're spending your time. Three, you have to understand time wasters, stealers, and energy drainers. So I, I mentioned earlier, big on definitions. So time wasters, you know, people or things that... They, they aren't important and they keep you distracted or keep you from um, achieving the designated thing that you're working on, as opposed to a time stiller is something you dedicate time to that doesn't add any value. So 
that's something think like procrastination we will wait to do something and but it's not adding any value but it's taking away so that's that's the difference between time waster and stiller and then an energy drainer and these could be activities or interactions that deplete you from your energy so this could be people places or things i i say the now what are the nouns in your life <laughs> taken away from you right yeah so do you struggle getting focused and and if so, what does that look like? Is it because of your environment? Is it because of how you've set things up? Have you not put um, boundaries in place? Are you code switching and not living your authentic life? That could be a part of how you waste time and are drained of energy because you are putting so much into trying to be one person, then you have to be somebody else in another setting, and that can take a lot away from you. And we're leaving that in 2022, okay? In 2023, we're going to be authentic and really lean into that. And as you do that, the action you can take um, to accomplish that piece is you have to look to identify those different categories and then uh, address them. Yeah. Can you kind of tease out what you mean by code uh, code switching or not being your authentic self and how that drains. Yes. So um, just being one, you, you have to feel feeling like you have to be someone else or present as someone else to make other people feel comfortable. And a lot of times we as black women, just with the stereotypes that come along with us, we're overly, conscious and thinking about, okay, if I say this, how is it going to be received? Maybe I should say it in this way. And, and maybe I should present this way because it, it may be more receptive. And as you, as we go through all those different things, it gets tiring. It's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting to have to think about how do we present to address people's comfort and, in the process of my own journey with that, I've learned early on, I just, I couldn't. And I said, I'm, I had to pick or choose, like, there's the process of going with the code switch and it may or may not work or it's being you. And it still may or may not work. I may not be your cup of tea, but it is what it is. Right? So um, I've learned uh, how to kind of navigate through that and take the time to spend with myself so I know how to show up at myself as myself. Now that doesn't necessarily mean people get full access to you. And I know there's a lot where people are like, oh, being your authentic self, um, you know, that doesn't mean you give everything. And I agree with that. You don't have to, um, you don't have to give people all the uh, insights into who you are if you if they don't have that access. And so um, that's another part of being able to understand who's in your ecosystem and what part of them that you want to allow them to have the experience exposure of. And I think that is fine. That's different from the code switching of people's comfort of having to be a certain way yeah no that's really key and I think you you hit the nail on the head particularly it's a time exhauster for black women particularly yes. in the workplace and 
you know, corporate workplace settings, particularly if you are maybe the only one or you are in a particular position. So letting our curls hang down. Yeah. I, like <laughs> <laughs> I love that. All right. So I'm going to take this into uh, the, uh, the next point. And that is to understand the need for beginnings and endings. And this is the one, like, as I've been going on my, at my journey um, and continuing to evolve in this space, this is the one I had to put the most time in because I'm very much like, if I'm invested in you or something, I'm going to keep working it, even if it's like, this is not working out. And so I had to really get intentional of learning uh, the importance of endings and then how it can give birth to new beginnings. And it doesn't necessarily have to mean something bad. So, um, and I think we all can resonate with a situation of where we overstayed our welcome or stayed someplace too long. And it could be at a job. That for a lot of people is their story. And they will say, I knew I should have left like a year ago but I just stayed here (laughs) and in not leaving we usually experience time wasters energy drainers energy wasters and it keeps us from achieving the things that we could absolutely achieve and that has our name on it to do but we prolong it or we delay it because we're staying in a space that we shouldn't be. And so the, the, another part of redeeming your time in this year is really understanding there's that need to begin and end things. And um, as a part of that is really understanding your yes and your no, and how to be able to leverage that. Cause Everything is not just, you know, uh, is not a no. It's It could be, what do you need to say yes to, which requires a no somewhere somewhere else. So it's given the good for the great. So you can be able to achieve that. And so one of the things that you can look to do is set boundaries, but to take that deeper is more so looking at how to use your yes and your no appropriately. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it can be a little rusty or scary for folks, particularly if you've always said, yes, yes, yes. Yes. I can think of, you know, maybe a scenario where we all know people maybe who always say yes to like, and they're usually awesome, amazing people and they have very caring, giving hearts uh, and they do get something out of, you know, helping But you can see that, you know, it's almost too much and it ends up being taxing to them. And then also what happens is like everyone doesn't always appreciate when you go above and beyond consistently um, and it can lead to burnout. You know, I've seen that happen like in um, church settings, work settings, um, where there's folks whose gift, I think, is a gift of, you know, helping and coordinating and um, they just have that love, but then it's almost like they're allowing themselves to be somewhat abused in some ways, Yeah, um, but they're enabling it. So that's really good. Like setting up those boundaries is so key. 
You're spot on. And as you were talking, it made me think about um, something else of, of to your point of where you have those helpers or their people pleasers who like they just give, give, give. And but the person may not necessarily be asking for that. And since they're not asking for it, they don't know how to value what you're giving. And so then it ends up being disengaging to you because you're you're giving and then you don't see the reciprocity or you don't see anything come out of that when they never asked for it in the first place. And so that's where we have to understand with our own journeys of where should we be pouring into and how does that align with who's called for you to who for you on your journey and we don't always understand that and, and you're not for everybody to pour into and that helps to save you time and energy um if you're one of the individuals that fall in that category and i've been there because i know i will go like above and beyond i'm doing this and that and then when people don't return it i'm like wait a second <laughs> like, yep um, I'm not seeing anything here and it would take me some time to wake up. And now like I'm more in tune with that, but I had to work at that. It didn't come naturally to me. And even the point of, of even though I'm giving and someone may not value that, and it's a good thing that I had to sit with that of like, that's just the reality of this and look to, make changes. So I didn't find myself on, on the short end of that stick. Oh, that's so good. I mean, that alone, that piece of advice in terms of understanding who you are to pour into and did that person even ask for the help or are you just freely giving it to someone who, like you said, they don't know what to do with it. That is good right there. That'll save everybody a lot of time listen okay (laughs) take that nugget right there pause on that marinate on that awesome I love it so we are at are we at number five now we are at number five we are at number five okay so this is one of my favorite ones and um this is one where I feel like people underestimate but it's it's the game changer and it's rest and rest is productivity. Rest, and it's not just sleeping, because a lot of times we're like, oh, you know, I am getting, you know, sleep or whatever. It, it's it's broader than that. It's, um, it's it, to me, it's the price of entry when it comes to being able to optimize your time. And uh, because if you're too tired to do that, or your brain is always going, you're not able to really... Um, really take advantage of the of the moments and the things when you're working on stuff and how you're spending your time which were some of the earlier points that I made and beyond just doing naps and things like that I want to expand and bring in another definition so (laughs) the definition of rest if you like scientifically it's just making sure you 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 it's characterized as just functionally stopping activities so you're just like in a in a pause state but if you look at another definition that it has when it comes to rest is it says freedom from activity and labor 
And that is the definition that I prescribe to and love and and share with people. How do you get to the space where you're free to, free from activity or labor? And that may look like silence, taking a bath, getting a massage, praying, reading a book for leisure, deep breathing, listening to soothing music. Um, doing a brain job. If you have a lot of things you're working on, meditating on the Lord, like there are so many ways that you can rest and be free from activity or labor that will help to ignite you and help you to um, help you be focused on the things that you need to be focused on when you need to do it because you've had that break to recharge and reset and uh, rejuvenate. So um, rest is the fifth one, and they're all important. This one can definitely help you because it helps you get still. And I, I learned that in my journey as well. It wasn't until I got into a place of stillness that I was able to realize and hear what I needed to do. It, and because it was like so much going, there was so much noise. It was like, oh, I should do this and this and that. And then once the noise was done, the clarity came as to what did I need to do in life at that, at that time and, of course, going forward. So I would encourage you all, like the action that I would give you with this one, just resist always feeling like you have to be connected. Live life offline and unplug. It's okay to do that. And and you will hear people say like, oh, you can usually get something to start. If it stops working, if you unplug and then you put it back in, you'll usually get a little bit more out of it. And, and it's the same with, with us. When we unplug and take that time away and then come back to whatever, usually whatever we're facing or we need to do, we can do it. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And as someone who is often told, why is it that you always have to be doing something, Yasmin? <laughs> this really resonates with me because I know firsthand that it's a challenge for me to rest. And so I am definitely going to yeah. be taking this action forward. And one of the questions I like to ask my guests is actually how do they rest? And so it's appropriate for that final tip in redeeming our time how do you like to rest oh I have so many ways one I love me a good nap <laughs> I love me a good nap from a physical standpoint it really helps me to rejuvenate but I am definitely a believer so I spend time uh as the word say resting in the Lord but really meditating and hearing what he's calling me to do and it brings me peace just with whatever I'm facing. Um, and even if it's not a challenge, it's a space of being able to give thanks and gratitude for um, all the things that are going on and all the things working together for my good. And that has definitely empowered and kept me um, as, I, as I've gone through, through life. And then I would say the other one, because I was going to give you three. Um, <laughs> The other one would be music because I love music. And even though I may be up dancing, singing to it, it really takes me to a space where I'm like, it, it gets me to a chill zone. So I would say that would be the other thing for me. 
Excellent. So rest, rich black women, rest. Yes. So tell so us- throw a vacation in there too. <laughs> oh yes. Yes, yes, yes. We gotta throw some vacay time in there. Right. Whether it's a staycation <laughs> or it's, you know, planning something, a getaway with your family, friends. Um, we definitely need to, and we deserve rest. Right. So I love um just the definition too of rest, you know, that it's free from labor. I think that's so important for us as black women, free from labor and to just rest and stillness and do the things that bring you rest is so good. So Marissa, I know you are a bestselling author as well of why Mm. I broke up with my company and you have other projects that you are doing. How would someone get in contact with you if they wanted to work with you and what else do you have on the horizon? Yes, I would love to get connected with you all and continue the conversation. I am fairly active on um, all the social media platforms. At least I'm on there and you can find me at I am Marissa Lee. Um, If you would like to connect with me and start your time wealth journey, you can start today by even just taking an assessment um, to and it's for leaders. That's on my website, which is www.soevolve. I spell that out because I say so evolve and people are like, so no, it has a W with it. So, um, dot com. And there you would be able to find this time, our, our time wealth, uh, leadership assessment. You would also be able to join my newsletter community to, and I post weekly and send out newsletter about things that are happening in the workplace and how Time Wealth can help to solve that and help to create work-life harmony. And um, if you would like to really look at how you can change your experience um, and go deeper in the Time Wealth journey, I will be having a cohort and I do private coaching around Time Wealth. There is an application out now where you would be able to um, provide insight around that and we would jump on a call and I'll give you some value in a part of that and we can see if if the program and things are best for you so so many ways for us to get connected stay connected I would love to hear from you all um, and um, definitely hope to uh, have some conversations with you all around your time wealth journey at least as you're putting stuff out there, make sure y'all tag me and saying I'm living, I'm getting my time wealth together and building that up. <laughs> Hashtag time wealth. I love yes. it. Yes. Thank you for sharing your time wealth strategies with us. And RBWs, you know where to find us on Instagram at Rich Black Woman and on Facebook, Rich Black Women. And until next time, ladies live richly.
That's my jam, y'all. Well, since you stayed to the end, hop on over to richblackwoman.com and sign up for our abundance newsletter for more after party highlights like this.